and we're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D-Face in the building. It's been a hot minute, but we are bringing you guys a nice, fresh episode. Time to get caught up on all things esports and gaming. As always, though, we have our guests on the line today. It's just John Rush, though. There's hey. no DJ here. So, John Rush, what's up, baby? Yeah, hey, what's up, everybody? Um, it's it's. Uh, I know y'all are hearing our voice, but I know you're listening, so it's good to hear you listen, right? Is that a weird thing to say? It's like good to hear your voice. I just miss you guys. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm glad to be here. Interesting. You know, that is a, a, an interesting you know? dynamic. It's not. It's not <laughs> like you know, like man, it, it feels good to hear you again, but it's right. almost like feels good to know you can hear me again. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's right. What, that that's true. I guess that's the relationship between a podcaster and podcast listener. So yes. yes, guys. Feels good to know we are dropping you guys another episode of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Um, if you guys are wondering, if you're a new listener and you're just, you know, for somehow some reason stumbling upon this podcast on this chain, right? Because we do Fortnite stuff here and we have this one. Um, don't forget that we tweet these out because we do these live as well. This is like yep. more of our interactive component where you can kick it in the chat, can hang out, get to know me, get to know John Rush, get to know what we're up to, and also get to input your own personal perspective. It's another touch we have to the podcast. Um, and we usually have DJ here, but DJ tonight, he just had to work, had to pick up that. Uh, DJ's you know, DJing. <laughs> DJ's doing what he's got to do, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, we're we're never gonna stop him from from chasing that bag and and just getting after it, man. So it is just us here. So it should be nice, short, sweet, uh, a little less chaotic, less people on the mic here. But right, um, let, let's jump into it. Let's talk about why we've basically been gone. Right, it's been about four episodes we would have had had I not basically traveled, had you not just gotten into whatever you were up to. So let's let's just start there. What has the John Rush been up to the last couple of weeks? Bro, honestly, it's just been, we've mostly been preparing for having our second kid. That's been the oh main God. new thing. Um, my sister got married. Um, that was cool in the mountains. No Wi-Fi or cell, cell reception at all. That was actually crazy. Really cool. Like absolute no excuse, like no ability to be on a phone. It was weird. We had to find, we had to find our way to a place without maps. It was crazy. It felt so weird. That was I cool. like that though. Yeah. I like that idea. Was that intentional? The whole like we're going to detach from the online. Uh... I I think my sister probably planned it that way, but like I didn't think about it. You know, like I don't know how it is mm -hmm. for y'all, but like leading into most like family things, my wife has planned it all, thought about it, everything, and I like I get in the car day of. I'm like, okay, so where are we going? Is my mom <laughs> gonna be there? Is like who? What's <laughs> happening? And we drove up a mountain and we was there, so it's pretty dope. And just for my understanding, is like all your family out there in uh, North Carolina? No, so, so the sister that got married, she lives out, she stays out in Nashville. And then I got another sister out on the West Coast near DJ up in, uh, uh, up in that Pacific Northwest area. But my mom and my oldest sister live here in the Carolinas. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's cool. Yeah. If, if I was going to do something like that, I think I'd take that route too. I like the whole, like, let's get away from the, the, the social... Let's get away from the internet for a little yes. bit. I think everyone can use a little bit of decompressing. Um, that's almost what it feels like nowadays, like my trip to Europe, even yeah. for, although it was a work trip, like FNCS, whatever, it is literally therapeutic in the sense that I intentionally don't activate my international uh, cellular service. So I am only working when I'm at the hotel or at the studio. 
and nice. it gives me that moment. So like when I step out and I'm going to grab some food or I'm doing like I'm just I'm straight I'm off That's the radar dope. like straight up I'm just lost in Copenhagen I'm in Denmark I'm in Europe like if I if I get lost I can't order me an Uber like it's over that's wraps dang <laughs> I mean I could but I would have to buy service so right uh, that's the temptation that I'm that I'm battling uh, it's like not not gonna I don't need Twitter I'll check Twitter when I get back so it, it is therapeutic for me too and and dude the timeline's been pretty crazy I feel like I just got back which I kind of did like like a month ago yeah so already. Like, traveling back out soon. Segway to anyone who didn't know, you know, Monster was in Europe <laughs> yeah. for Fortnite. Surprise! What a dream. What a freaking dope sentence. I was in Europe for Fortnite work. That's amazing. Yeah. So, as yeah. out, out t- t- tell us about the trip. Tell us about what it was like for you to set it up. Like, it's always cool from an outside perspective. Like, essentially, Epic planned the first. Uh, FNCS broadcast where at least the broadcast team was in the same studio together. That had not happened for a long time. and But it was a surprise too. And the, there was a, a reveal moment, even to where you guys went live, right? A couple of times you were together, but it seemed like you weren't together. And then they like had that that reveal. That was very cool. Yeah, it, it was interesting because the, the whole goal, I guess, of the, the broadcast team and, and Epic, like the, the driving vision right was let's get everyone here but that first weekend we're still just gonna make it feel like you're remote but you're not like we're using the studio the set was still being you know polished finalized making sure it's absolutely ready for that semi-finals reveal so we did the qualifier on green screens in the studio and that was a dope moment too because like we got some fun stories like the observer tent after we were done casting like me and uh sundown they got up and they were like holy bro like <laughs> you get loud like but like in a good way like yeah. we feel your like your whole vibe like you were motivating us yeah. to like capture even better content you get what i'm saying like it's, it's right. that whole atmosphere so yeah dude like the, the studio reveal was awesome the uh the return to working with your peers and, and being in that environment is it's totally worth it it's different do I wish it was here in the States so I didn't have to like ping pong around the world a little bit, right? You know, you get that COVID fear because you do have to pass your tests and all that stuff just to get back into the States. So there's there's a couple extra layers of stress there. But is it worth being there with with all the boys and like the you know the the ladies, the crew and, and doing everything that we're doing? Absolutely, man. It's uh it's cool. And not only that, bro, they flying us business all around the world. So like, you know, can you really complain? Like, dude, I'm sitting so comfortable on these planes. Like, I don't fly like that. So yeah, we're, we're pretty spoiled, man. That's dope. That's dope. Okay, so like what was like uh bring us into like gameplay wise, like I you know, I'm trying to even remember back, but like what were some of the most compelling gameplay moments that you got to cast or like other than the reveal, like players were going off like what what are some of the moments that you feel like were uh stick out as you look back uh to that time yeah one of the standout ones was a pretty pretty fun one between me and vivid because during our predictions right we had like these these fun prizes essentially attached to the tournament itself we create these internal little bets right and and we reward each other towards the end and we keep score after all the qualifiers but it was the reboot round weekend basically right before we got right into the finals um teams that won punched their tickets straight to the finals the redemption arc story going down and my team of pamstone fatch versus muzz and avery which was vivid's team 
ended up in like a game four skirmish or like a game two head to head. And it was it that was the most memorable moment for me because like everything was riding on the line for my team and we lost. But like knowing that it was like this is also Vivid's pick. So he was like also on the edge of his seat. And then like afterwards, you know, we all danced about it. We got to talk about it on the desk. Um but yeah, you know, that kind of stuff only happens or feels that much more intense when you're in the studio and I can look off at a distance and Vivid's jaw is like just hanging from his mouth like 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 what is gonna happen? You don't you don't get those moments when you're at home. You don't see your co-casters, you don't see, you know, the the people around you, you don't get to you know, grab someone by the neck, like, no, like, you know, by the, by the shoulder, by the arm. And yeah. you, don't, you don't really get to feel that. Um, but when you're in the studio, you do. And it's just, that's just, a, a, again, a small sample. Yeah. Right. Because we don't even have the players there yet. So that's yeah. going to get even crazier. It, um, it is one of the weirdest things about, um, I was just part of a, a small uh, land event uh, here this weekend in Charlotte. And, it is just so funny about how like video games are known to be the thing that like we thrive off the fact that we don't have to be in the same room to like do it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we also um, we also like thrive off of like being also being in the same room. You know what I'm saying? Like like isn't that so weird? Like it is be- like it's awesome that we don't need to be in the same room. But why is the thing that's known for not being in the same room awesome when we are in the same room? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so interesting about, about games. It, it is. It is. It's definitely, it, like I said, there's, there's just a, this entire atmosphere. Um, and energy is contagious, man. When you, when, you have the, when you have everyone there and, and you know, you're, you're rocking those shows and in between those break moments, like, you, you really get to, really to kind of live in those moments and experience it. Um, but, and then that's also, like, my, that was my first time in in europe like officially in europe i've traveled to other places i've been to south korea i've been to egypt um egypt's been africa south korea is obviously kind of its own thing um it's nothing like a a european experience so being able to i guess experience that was definitely pretty dope um what i will say shout out to the food selection or not not really selection but quality in europe like I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really ready for how good it was gonna be. The burgers were fire, the pizza. They put so much, so much work and effort into like the simple things that I kind of get slapped around. Um, I get slapped together here in America or taken for granted. But man, Europe, Europe food selection, your food options, so good. Uh, all the Middle Eastern options, so good, and. Yeah, dude, that was that was definitely a big one for me, for sure, for sure. It was like really getting to enjoy the food. Like every time we went out, that like we knew it wasn't gonna be a miss. It was like, huge W's. Right. Um, okay, so like just for everyone like listening, it may be obvious to some, but for everyone who is not, like why Europe? Like why are you guys broadcasting from Europe? Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Um, because Epic, right? The company that owns the Fortnite game, they basically partnered up with a European production company. So that company is based out of Copenhagen, and for that reason, we're in Europe producing or uh, on the talent roster, essentially, right? While we're while we're in Europe, and and the cool part about that is like they partner with Blast. Blast has done a, a couple of remote events, so that's why we kind of knew what their quality standard was, and it really has stepped up like across the board. I think anyone that obviously listens to the podcast or watches competitive Fortnite closely has noticed that improvement not only in the viewership like the live stream viewership 
but across the board, like we're talking the, the content that is being filmed this season. I got to do something like so crazy while I was out there and I, yeah. I can't talk about it yet okay. because it was all filmed, but it's, it, I think it's going to get aired this season. Okay. So dude, like I said, they put in not, it's not just like, like effort behind the ideas or anything. It, it, it's also like the, the money is getting put up to like film some crazy stuff. Yeah. And we've seen it already. We've seen a lot of cool content pieces, the media day, uh, attention to detail, supporting the players, getting to know the players. That is what's going to take, I think, the entire scene to the next level. And it's also going to, also going to help develop these players, right, to be on camera personalities and and understand how serious this is, right? Because yeah. there's a level of seriousness when that, you know, the, when they pulling out the the big boy cameras and that whole entire you know setting is alive and the lights are on, like you know, the 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 players get to feel that too. So. I, we did not plan to talk about this, but as you were talking about Europe, it, and we were talking about in person, it made me think of a, uh, another event, another Fortnite event where there were players in the room that you got to be at that was in oh the stage. God. What can you tell us about? How much can you tell us about that event? I mean, everyone knows what happened at this event. Uh, we, I, I mean, I did a full podcast episode on this one. This is DreamHack. Dallas, there was an altercation between players. Um, first off, guys, bottom line, no one should be physically harming anyone at any kind of event. Like in general, just just in general. Let's be good humans, right? So what what can I say about it? I mean, luckily, it was it was as like lighthearted as it could have been. Like it's what you would expect of like Fortnite kids, you know, trading trading punches or whatever you want to call that, right? Like it's silly stuff. It's, it's literally kids fighting. Um, but it, it it should never happen. It should never happen. It, it's it's honestly embarrassing. It's more of a step back for us. Fortnite always has the craziest stories, bro. And this is like one of those ones where you're just like, dude, for real. Like it had to happen in at, at our land. Like really. Like there's there's the no first other one. story. The first one, the first, the very first. Not even, <laughs> it's not even the major. Like it's just it's called the amateur yeah. tournament. Why are people getting into scuffles or like even trying, even attempting to size up on someone? And dude, the memes that just like came out of that, like it, you know, they just opened basically a wormhole that can never be taken back. Like very interesting. Anything else you want to say regarding some of the? Uh tournament operations production things uh good bad just work you know was there an adjustment to like having that many players in the same room like i don't think people if they've never been and i haven't had it anywhere near as much as you but i have had it more than most people like if they've never been a part of putting together a major esports event it is incredibly complicated like there's a lot that can go wrong yeah and i mean dreamhack and the entire line event was truly fortunate that Folks like myself were there, Arab, um, and just other like community figures in the space. Um, had we not been at that tournament, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have went live. Uh, talking about like the complication behind the tournaments, and like this is like just a little bit more detail, kind of going into it. They were not prepared to have like two, three hundred people show up and um, like basically put the tournament on. And I say that because there wasn't like an optimal way to distribute those codes safely you had at one point the tournament delayed for about two or three hours 
because there were 500 to almost a thousand people trying to queue into the game and it was very very clear that only 250 people were in the uh the land pit area so there were leaks bro people were sharing these codes in scrim discords and stuff like that and i say they were fortunate that we were there because we understand how to kind of handle these code distributions safely and you know pretty much come up with solutions on the fly for situations like this so big shout out to connor big shout out to felix uh boys from the practice server that actually stepped up and volunteered to bring this event to life and essentially offer their expertise because yeah had they not done that i i really don't think we would have had a tournament go down and um the tournament was so sick it ended up being amazing uh i became a huge fan of actually the na west boys because of my experience in the in on the floor with them um, not only from like obviously the show and the effort being put in there but it's just different dude watching them play like watching everyone compete like really getting to see um how good they are so you had like a lot of na west representation and a lot of na east there so um it was dope that's great well what what about um What's coming up for practice server? You alluded to it at the beginning. If anyone's been following us on Twitter, they see that there's some big events coming up. You leaked some practice server apparel out of nowhere on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what are you excited about like, as you look forward? Yeah, like so first off, man, yes, I want to I drop merch. I want to drop prac merch. I, I want to continue to drop like cool stuff. Not because like I think like, you know, oh, we need like esports jersey. You know what I mean? It's nothing mm -hmm. about that. It's just about more like I know a lot of people rock with us, and a lot of people support what we do. And like having like merchandise is just one piece of the puzzle. That in the end of it all, when I look back at what we put together, like that's a part of my vision. So heck yeah, I have some dope. You know, I got a dope hoodie. I got a practice server hoodie. Nothing's for public sale yet or anything like that. You know, I'm also. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the word would be here. I was going to say a, a qualitist. I was going to make something up. But like quality means a lot to me. So like it, it's got to be, it's got to be good. So we, we got that in the works. Um, going to be dropping some cool stuff for you guys soon. And definitely want to do collaborations behind that as well. So like I'll make that big. But on the other side, on the tournament side, besides the things we're doing in other games as a white label production partner and administration partner, we have a couple big tournaments coming up next week. As you guys all know, it's the annual Elite Cup. Every year we try to put together an Elite Cup or two. Try to hit you know, as much um, reach as possible within the competitive scene. It's kind of what kickstarted us three years ago. And this year, I'm like extremely proud to announce the fact that we actually have the biggest prize pool we've ever raised uh, for our very own tournament, the Elite Cup. This time, it's brought to us from our partners of Solar Opposites and FaZe Clan once again. It's a $50,000 tournament. We're taking it a step further. We're making it a two-part tournament where we have the solos portion for ten grand, So that's a lot of money. And then $40,000 on the line for our duos portion. Um, and this is all, of course, to put something dope on before we jump into this next big FNCS season. So we're just filling the void, supporting the players, making sure we have more content for the space. That's for our grinders like that love fortnite and building on the other side for my zero build lovers because zero build is a big part of fortnite now and you listeners might be thinking like okay you know i got your attention now we have a hundred thousand dollars tournament so there's a one hundred thousand dollars tournament um it's going to be primarily comprised of influencers uh but there's large and small influencers i vetted each and every single person that expressed interest to me 
And more importantly, the client now has to kind of go through that same exact vetting process and make sure like, you know, we're all good with the folks that I chose. Um, I have, I, I have a surplus of people. So it really is going to come down to the client, but we have, I mean, I have people in there with like literally a thousand Twitter followers up to, you know, half a million, right? Like obviously people know, like I reach is crazy, but I, I chose people that just seem like just good people. And honestly, if you kind of express interest to me in the comment section on Twitter, when I kind of announced that we're going to put something together, if you even had like a, a cognitive paragraph where you're like, dude, I'm good at this game. Trust me. I, I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. Give me a chance. Like I literally, I'm giving so many people a chance at least to make it, make them visible, right? To, to be presented. They have a, a fighter's chance to be chosen for this. Um, I don't have the final say. If it were me, I probably would have at least 10 of them in there, uh, but we'll see. So I, I, I put, I'm putting together something cool for our build lovers and of course our zero build lovers. So nice, nice. server is on fire this summer, man. Really, really busy. For the, um, for the grinders tournament, um, is there a way that people can access that? Is that open to the public? Do they have to be in the right practice server? What's the what's the vibe with that? A little bit of everything, right? So yeah. throughout the years, we're we're always running um, ladders, and we kind of you know funnel players through our practice server because yep. we have our own competitive ecosystem. Um, you were chosen, and we always choose people based off of how good have you been playing in recent times. Um, right. There's there's no shortcuts to get to an elite cup. It's essentially how good are you? How good have you been? And do you deserve to be there? And we handpick everyone. The cool thing about this time, because before we had an open qualifications, our first one we had like almost ten thousand participants, which is a, a pretty big deal for like a third party tournament. Yeah. This time we made it a little bit more elite, if you will. Um, we hand selected all of our uh, participants for the qualifier as well. Because we had, again, just this large pool of players that we, we couldn't quite boil down like a fair invite list. Right. Um, so obviously we put together our, our clear shoe-ins. Like these guys are the best of the best. They're playing in finals. Um, but there were so many others that were like, yeah, we need a qualifier. Like we're going to let these guys duke it out. So um, a good amount of sauce are on the, uh, up for grabs, but you have to be like a, a great at the game. There's, there's, there's no shortcuts. Um, next week, Friday, July 1st is going to be the kickoff for the Elite Cup. Uh, stay tuned for that. We're producing the entire show. It's going to be really, really dope. Got Life of Panda, somebody's gun on the mic. They'll be the casters kind of leading the charge there. Um, and then as we jump into the weekend, myself and Shia Wager will be doing the finals. Um, finals for solos is day one, and then we'll do finals for duos day two. Very, very cool. And well, we stay plugged in, y'all. Always trying to put on uh, people who are working hard in the scene. Well, hey, we want to talk more specifically about uh, Fortnite. Before we do, there's a couple of just like general just things in the in the culture that we thought it'd be fun to talk about. We always like to take advantage of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast to talk about a wider range of things. Something that I thought was so fascinating, and I don't know if you saw this, Monster, um, but Asmin Gold, again, anyone who has listened to this, he's my favorite streamer. He's my guy. Uh, <laughs> he has been speaking out a lot against uh, pay-to-win elements of games um, and loot boxes in general. Uh, Diablo being uh, the new release of that, being a, a huge, uh, uh, I guess, culprit in this. And yeah. he, there is this clip of Senator, a Texas Senator, I think Ted Cruz is the one that it is. It hits his radar on like a news broadcast 
and no lie, the man like answers the question like he knows what he's talking about and then tags Asman in the tweet and talking to him. And then here's Asman in his nasty, broken down attic <laughs> talking to a U.S. senator. Did you see this? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see. I saw the reaction when Asman watched the response of Ted Cruz and realized how aware Ted Cruz was of yeah. the situation. Like, and, and the topic, just so you guys understand, because we're throwing a lot around here, um, pay-to-win games in the mobile space is a very lucrative space for these companies to be in, but it's an exploitative space in the sense that it's no surprise these guys tap in to that, that dopamine rush that people get from gambling. The rush that people get from um, the, the making impulsive decisions to put in money and essentially, you know, have a chance to earn some items or develop your character to just be way stronger than someone who's not putting in money because you don't have the time to, or whatever your excuses would be. But this is a, this is a serious issue here. And Asmin has been on the front lines and defending. Um, the people in the sense that he, he's going against the companies. sentences are crazy. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty much waging war against the, the, the big man. Um, yeah. and yeah, he's, he's against these companies exploiting people's, uh, needs to, to gamble. The, the itch to gamble. Yeah. I just think it's really cool. Like, again, like, um, it just further shows like the gaming is like, it's not even a conversation of, is it mainstream or now? I mean, it's just a part of life. It is a way of life. Even Ted Cruz, right? So um, I'm not super into politics, but even I know that name, right? I know he's one of the more right. prominent figures. He goes on to talk about how he plays games and how he plays games and he feels bad. He goes back and forth on play to win <laughs> mechanics. And it's just fascinating that here you go. You're watching like a guy in his mid forties talk about gaming. And that's just the reality of the space. And uh, man, it's just really, it's just, it's just fascinating, you and, know. And not, not only that, like Ted Cruz, he he really defends the gaming space, and he does it, he does it very subtly. He takes a jab at the host, the host who'd like, he kind of pretended like I, he didn't I know did, what he's talking about. He either was really like being really sarcastic to the point that like he just sounded kind of dumb and yeah. ignorant on the topic. Or, I don't even know what these words he, mean. Yeah, we're gonna play Pac Man, and okay, I guess like, <laughs> yeah. like no, like absolutely not. Like you are, you're wilding out right now. You sound, you're trying to fit in, or I don't know what you're trying to. do. You're being sarcastic, but either way, you're gonna, you're gonna get the gamers mad, right? Like you're not doing a good job representing your knowledge on the topic here. Uh, but Ted Cruz goes on to say. Like basically defend gamers in a sense, like, sh like just brush off the the silly stuff that the host was saying. Like, dude, it's it, it's it's not that game. He's like, it's these games. It's Clash of Clans. It's yeah, yeah. it's Diablo Immortal. Like, let's get down to it. I know exactly what we are talking about here. I know exactly what games are currently doing this right in the space. Um, and and you know what? He also agrees with Asmund in the sense that he doesn't believe that it's okay to kind of exploit these weaknesses in, in some people. Uh, because it really is a, a weakness, right? Like gambling can be a true addiction. That's that's a, a problem people battle, right? Um, but he also goes on to say something very interesting along the lines of like he believes or he's not sure if he can he can say that the government deserves to be one of the people who has a voice in this kind of discussion as well, though, right? Like like how far like like at what point is it too much moderation, right? Because right, it, 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 you know it's true, like like. How how much do you want the government involving in like your personal decisions? 
that's a super hot topic right now, by the way, with the whole abortion craziness that's happening. Oh, so like, he, said it, see, he said it. He said it. He said it. <laughs> right. No, but like, we're not going to go down that route. I'm not yeah. going to. We're not going to touch that topic. Two guys talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, dude, that's the last thing we want to do, right? So, but it's so serious. Like that's how serious it yeah, is. Yeah, true. And true, he kind true. of, it's it's that same element that he touches on in the sense that how much should like politics and the government interfere with like people's personal decisions and like livelihoods, especially companies that are exploiting people yep. in these kind of circumstances. So, yep. it's. It's fascinating, I, but I don't, I don't know if it went any further. So did it go any further? Did they actually talk? So the, the current conversation is that they are setting up a date to like wow. correspond, like, or, or some, like, again, I imagine like, it is not just like, you don't just get in a conversation or U.S. Senator is not just going to jump on Asman's stream per se, you know, but, oh, he might, very, though. It, but he might though, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. So uh, stay tuned on it. If you guys hear anything about this. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter, practice server, let us know. But um, one of the things um, that also was announced, I just thought it'd be a fun, fun thing for our audience to think through for us. We'll be sharing some of these thoughts uh, in a tweet later this week. I already kind of got some of my thoughts on this, but Warzone uh, 2.0. So it's uh, the Call of Duty Battle Royale just announced that on October 28th, um, recently announced that they're going to be launching, you know, the new game. Um, and then, um, also that a month after that game, they're completely scrapping what we know as Warzone. They're resetting all camos, all rankings, all really? everything. Yep. Bringing it down to the bare minimum and they're there. It's going to be a fresh relaunch and really more than us talking about Warzone. Really. I just makes me beg the question. Like if we were to design a BR from the ground up, a next gen BR, like if we got to pick. You know, what would we, what would we want? You know, like, what would we, what would we like? What would we uh, not like? Um, so I'll go first on one. And, and I think my ideal BR has um, NPC characters on the map at all times. Like, what, what okay, elaborate. What are so, we talking? So in not, not like animals in, um, animals in um, uh, Fortnite or even like, and when Fortnite does events, they do it better than anyone. So I don't mean gimmicky in the sense of like um, that they're bad, but almost like not just NPCs that are just there for an event that kind of just like smashed into it. You know what I mean? Like last time I was fighting uh, NPCs uh, in Fortnite in a heavy way, it was in like a Spider-Man themed town. Like, you know, all the, it, it was, it was almost like too much for me. Like I wanted to almost be baked into the game. Like, not just the added thing, like that's part of the game, like playing against like whether they're zombies or like how Rust has scientists. Like, I just think mm. it should be ground up part of the game. That's just interesting to me. I, I, I like the idea and I, I, people are probably going to hate me that I, that I say this, but I think Battlefield's like AI is a good job of that. Like low key. Because what yeah. Battlefield does, they have literal NPC bots, but... They get replaced by players as players fill in the lobby, right? So eventually, most of the time, you shouldn't have bots in your lobby. But if it's a dead lobby for whatever reason, they kind of like just act as filler yeah, yeah. on the field. And it's cool, though. It's dynamic. Like, they're, they're literally fighting and, like, you know, it's whatever. It, it, it creates this level of immersion. Um, do I see that in a game like Warzone? That could be interesting. Like, what if, like, it was, there were actual civilians? But, like, then I would kind of just be this weird game of, like, murder. Because <laughs> we were gonna shoot the civilians that run by and stuff like that. So, does that fit into your like idea, or like is that like too far down? I, I guess I just think like just thinking like 
I feel like I haven't seen a game do it yet is what I'm trying to say. Where almost like, like for instance, like they, when, when anyone has talked about like uh, if Halo did a BR, they made it seem that like the way, and again, this is all just speculation, but they would take the campaign characters and put them in parts of the map. Like I feel, I feel like that level of like anytime an NPC I feel like is in a BR, they're pretty... Uh, basic character. Does, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're very... Yeah. Oh, they shoot at you. Like, even the bosses in Fortnite, you know, like, one teleports or one in the... You know, but they're pretty easy, you know? I would almost right. want it to be, like, campaign game level AI in a BR and almost, like, there's certain spots of the map where they're at. Like, I got really excited, like, not to rag on Warzone because I feel like it's just too easy to do, but, like, did you see the King Kong Godzilla thing they did, like, a few weeks ago? It looked like it was King Kong versus Godzilla in the distance while you just played Call of Duty. 100%. In my opinion, <laughs> like, the biggest, the biggest the flop. So, yeah. so much of a flop. And I'm like, I just think it'd be cool to like, or what if Zone pushes you like, oh shoot, we're going into the Forbidden Jungle and we know there's wizards in there. Like, like it almost just adds this like whole like, like you don't want to go there, you know? Like I just, I, I genuinely feel like that could be a mode, but I don't know if that could be the identity that builds a game. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Because like, too, like, too many variables? There's a lot going on. Yeah, because yeah. You got you to gotta think about what, like, makes, what, what makes these games tick for the player usually is that competitive atmosphere and how, like the moment you introduce NPCs and all these variables, you are taking away from what is... Uh, 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 always going to be determined, your outcome determined by your skill, right? As opposed to, like, matter of circumstance or, like, you know, who you encountered at that moment. Like you're dealing with, like you said, the mad scientist right here, and, and someone rolls upon you. Like, is that fair to you? Like, you're going to be more salty that you had to go through this area, like, and you're the unlucky guy. You know, like, that. that's my take. Yeah, I just... And I think part of it is, like... And I don't want to get caught up on this one point, but, like, I just... <laughs> I think... Don't you think that even part of your mind automatically is calibrating it to, into a competitive setting, like well, a yeah. tournament setting? Well, which I but I'm like, me, I feel like, but I'm like, but like bro, said, like, this is, but this is what makes the games tick, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like this is what makes players strive to keep playing and grind and get better. Like people don't play Fortnite, of course. People play Fortnite to to have fun, whatever. But at the end of the day, there's like a level of ego, but behind everyone. Like, and that's why they blame players. Like, oh, yeah. blame the game. Like, dude, no way. If my gun was loaded, I swear, bro, I would have had, right? It's, it's that ego that you can't be defeated. You want to be the best. You want to uh, achieve that victory. Um, that, that's that's what drives that 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 BR loop to queue up again. Run right. it back. Nope, run it back. I need to end on the win tonight. Run it back, right? That's that loop. You kind of lose that, I think, when, when you get far down that route. But I mean, you're, we are kind of hanging up on this, this, I guess this, you want to hear idea, my whole list, right? You want to hear my whole list? No, no. I'm more interested on the whole wipe that's happening. Why, why is that yeah, yeah. not more interesting to you? Like they, they of Warzone? Full... Yes. And that's, How's that I, not like that's amazing. I think it's great. Oh. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I feel like to me, I'm like any attempt Warzone has really ever made to improve its original product has failed. They have to start over. Like, like it, Fortnite has had its ups and downs, but holistically, I feel like people would agree is in a better state than it was originally. Like even the big, like nostalgia chads, like you have to admit, like the game has progressed. 
I feel like Warzone is genuinely its best mode was straight out Verdansk. Like, sure, there were some bugs and da da da, but like nothing that Warzone I feel like has attempted in this iteration has made it better. It's just made it more complex. They just need to start over. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see them starting over, and I think I think a fresh, a fresh wipe will revitalize the game. No doubt about it. Yeah. New map, new guns, new things to grind for. Like that is everything players want. Um, Rust does a great job at that. Like right? yes. we just talked about Rust a little bit. Yeah. It's it's the same game. It's obviously open sandbox. Your journeys are never going to be the same. But that wipe is what people look forward to. That wipe yeah. is what literally peaks the population the player base everyone's yep. back in you're on wipe day you're ready to go um but that's the same thing what new seasons do for these games battle pass comes out new season all right everything will play for new new guns to grind for like that is what we play for call of duty might have hit that point to where like kind of like what fortnite did so much going on it just gets so convoluted with all these changes and these updates and at what point is it okay to just say you know what Let's scratch it. Let's 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 take it a step back. Let's get back to the roots. Let's do this again. Let's take this a different direction. That's kind of like what World of Warcraft did a great job at it as well, right? White, right? right. Let's run it back. We're start back yep. at classic. We're taking a different direction. And they advanced the update cycle in the sense that, okay, we knew that these dungeons were broken, right? On the yeah. launch, but we're gonna fix them and they're gonna start out in this new place. That should be a better experience. So um, I think Call of Duty starting fresh is going to be super, super great. I think it's going to revitalize uh, the entire game. And I think Call of Duty figured out that they don't need to drop a new product every, you know what I mean? Every yeah. year, like, you can build one game and make it great. And yep. we could probably see kind of like the Fortnite approach in the sense that, like, maybe every chapter, they flip the map around, right? right. Kind of Fortnite kind of proved that you can do that yep. straight up. Yeah, so the specific wording... In the announcement is October 28th marks a new beginning for Call of Duty, starting with the release of Modern Warfare 2. Soon after, a wholly new Warzone will launch as an extension wow. of the Modern Warfare 2 universe. Um, and it says um, um, Warzone 2.0 will feature new Modern Warfare 2 content and systems with brand new progression and inventories. Um, progression. To, today's that, Warzone. Progression. Today's Warzone will continue as a separate experience that will include a continuation of player progression and inventories within the Warzone uh, experience. So, what they did not That's say. Weird. But this is why I think because they're about to wipe people's hundreds and thousands of dollars of cosmetic purchases. Like they can't actually like if they delete it, it's gone. But they're not transferring they're it over. What they're they pulling do? a Blizzard. They are pulling a Blizzard. And Activision was bought by, or is under that same umbrella, and yeah. now it's owned by Microsoft or whatever happened. That yeah. whole entire thing. To me, this all makes sense. It's it's literally the way classic right before TBC launched. Oh, but don't worry, you can snapshot and, and save your character. Yeah, yeah you yeah. will not lose it. You can save it for a small fee, and you get to keep it. But like, bro, that server's gonna die. Like straight. Yeah. Up, let's be honest. No one's they playing original Warzone. To, no. No one is going to play original Warzone. They are going to kill that game probably. Yeah. Most likely. Warzone 2.0 is going to come out. All the players are going to migrate there. And it's going to be the same cycle. I was so hopeful for a second until you just said they are keeping the two products. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> end, end of line. It's done so. Yeah, they they killed it for themselves. But Warzone 2.0 is going to be dope. It's interesting because it's so interesting watching that evolution because also just this last week, 
there is they've started to see leaks of um adding microtransactions in the master chief collection so halo infinite is the new halo project project that was dropped um man i guess seven months ago now december i believe it was is that correct mm -hmm. um and unfortunately it hasn't gone as well as they thought so people have actually been playing a lot more of master chief collection which is kind of all the old halo games they've seen such a, a a consistent player base that now they need to monetize that and they're thinking about adding in-game cosmetic purchases and microtransactions within that so that's just fascinating seeing companies like is the old product the new product like all that stuff how money plays into it wild man i like that though i like that they are being a I guess adaptive to the situation, right? Get it where it's hot. Um, yeah. Develop the scene that's obviously into the product. It's clear that this is the better thing that people want to play. Um, for Call of Duty, my final, I guess, to say on this is it just sounds like they found a really creative way to say we're releasing another Call of Duty. And yeah, we're just yeah, going to yeah. recycle the previous yeah. product. Like, that's straight up. <laughs> I was so hopeful for a second. You, you really almost had me. And then... It all just kind of makes sense. Like reality hit me. Yeah, no, these guys are totally recycling the game. Yeah, just gonna ditch the old product. It's not gonna get developed. This Warzone 2.0 is gonna be a carbon copy on a new map. It, this could be like an extremely cool expansion, but instead they want to rebrand it. Um, Warzone was free though. Don't forget that. Yep. So yep. Warzone quote unquote 2.0 will be like a free, totally free experience. I'm assuming, which is gonna be pretty sick. And they said it will release a month after the new Call of Duty. And to me, the only reason they would do that is so that everyone buys the Call of Duty, plays it for a month, and then Warzone comes out free to play. If Warzone dropped the same day as their new pay, like paid game, I think no that it significantly uh, hinders their uh, their their sales. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're just trying to milk the payout for Call of Duty, which is that's always gonna happen. Yep. Um, and then drop that drop, drop this Warzone 2.0 to just keep the keep the peak right. Try to, I think they're trying to strive for some like extreme numbers, yeah, which is yeah. totally possible. But in return, they are definitely going to kill the, the other product. Like, no doubt about it. The, the new Call of Duty will lose a lot of players. What will happen with Call of Duty Mobile then? Is, is that like touched on at all? Or I think they're making, is I that think it's going to be I its th own standalone thing. I think it's own standalone thing, bro. It is very successful. <laughs> like, mobile gaming in general is, you know, like you're obviously no stranger to it. I think mm -hmm. Call of Duty Mobile is just going to continue to rise and be its own thing. Okay. Okay. Well, there's a lot of potential there. Um, jumping on other things though, the scene going crazy. Warzone 2.0. That that was a, that was a fun chat. You know, yeah. I, I'm liking that one. Other cool stuff we have going on though. Just talk about lands returning and whatnot. We got the TwitchCon pulling up to the scene with zero build Fortnite tournament yes. happening there. This is exciting to me because I've been to so many TwitchCons. Yeah. And you know, it's usually the same old, right? You walk the floor, you see the games, you see what's going on. Yep. What makes it different, though, is when I started getting into the competitive side. You get to show up, like, what kind of tournaments, what activities we have, what special reveals. Like, the roast. Have you ever seen, like, the roast at one of these Twitch cons, John? They, I saw t uh, Tim the Tapman's. That's the one that I've That's what I've I'm seen. saying. Yeah. Like, the roasts are great, right? So you have these fun things that happen at TwitchCon. That's really what TwitchCon has become all about for me. Um, and I wasn't really looking forward to anything this year until they actually brought up Zero Build. So now I'm actually looking forward to TwitchCon. Yeah, so timeline for everyone. Like, yeah, so it's going to be like a, a Fortnite Zero Build competition 
specifically that will culminate at TwitchCon. And so there, June 11th and 12th, um, there was like part one. Part two is at the end of July. Part three is in August. Uh, mm -hmm. Part four is in September. And then, of course, TwitchCon um, in San Diego is um, in, uh, in October. Yeah, and, and I got to cast the first couple qualifiers, punch in a few players. If you win a qualifier, you basically get to move on. Um, so there's going to be a lot of... It's basically a, a, a literal called literally the road to TwitchCon by Twitch yep. Rivals. So there's going to be a lot of tournaments um, throughout the course of the months. Winners from the LATAM community, the North American community, and the uh, EMEA, basically the European communities, yep. uh, will all be invited. So there's going to be an international build up of Fortnite zero build legends essentially so it is going to be sick very cool very smart of them uh and wouldn't you say it just further just underlines like the different paths of like traditional Fortnite, like competitive Fortnite in in zero build world well one thing we talked about when zero build was first uh, announced is that they can live in the in the same world like these are two totally different products and they should be treated as different products um, because what you're seeing is the revitalization of Fortnite through the device that is the zero build universe or like game mode. Fortnite zero build is a massive, massive, massive success. I would go as far as saying there's probably more players playing zero build than there are playing any of the other Fortnite game modes available besides creative. Creative is yeah, yeah, yeah. always going to be the king. And not, not only that, just a little side note. Creative 2.0 is dropping um, sometime soon as well, where there will allow, I believe, Unreal Engine builds to be directly adopted into the creative world too. So the the game modes, the, the it's going to be crazy. Like people are going to literally create new games inside the Fortnite world, like undoubtedly. That's wild. It's, it's, it's already like peaking, like the creative side. So with the, yeah, with the 2.0, 2.0 is going to do some, some, some wild things. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, uh, in other Fortnite news, there's a lot going on. Like we could literally like hit a million things. I mean, what have you liked about the new update, the new map? Like, you know, obviously aesthetically, it's very, it's very different. You know, another like map uh, shift and flip there. How do you feel like it's been impacting the competitive scene? I think, I think that like all in all, like the new chapter was it was a hit, right? We we took the map, we went from the old map, we flipped it upside down, we went back to like what was the nostalgic kind of starting point right of fortnite um since then the it, the world's continued to develop uh, this latest update kind of introduced these new biomes that we haven't seen before going down what felt like a more avatar-esque right this like mystical theme we didn't see that though reflected in the weapons which to me was more of a miss i was expecting fortnite to come in with the weapons to kind of back the theme up too and we haven't quite seen that we really haven't seen fortnite deviate deviate too far away down like sure. that side creatively whereas like at the beginning it kind of we saw more of that if you will like, yeah 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 do you think that's because like i mean i'm thinking back to that meta like a lot of the way that they played at that time where they had like the prime the primal weapons right and some of those like the bows were i think the bows were very unique but the guns literally just felt like somewhat reskins of guns that already exist i wonder if it'd be more interesting if um you know like i think of a gun like the uh the blunderbuss or just like i wonder if the primal mm. guns were uh had their own space in the meta versus just like a different option of the smg a different option of the ar that type of thing i think 
I think the real problem was we saw the player base plummet around that um that primal season and it wasn't even but be- not not too much because of the theme i think it was more so they they took it a little too far like those weapons we talked about like how they seem like they have the same identity of the other ars they actually didn't well what we saw happen was you didn't have first shot accuracy we lost like some, some real true, basic true, true. core principles of like i guess where the the game was developing um so it kind of was a step back and i think maybe because of that the the way that map checks out it's probably too much of a risk to lose that many players uh but i, I think it was just more like poor execution on their on their end originally it um, is it i is. want i want to see more stuff like that though i want to see like yeah like like i like when we had like plasma rifles from the star wars yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. collaboration on yeah. the field like it was kind of dope to pick that up was it my t- my 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 preference but no some pro players would run stark rifle hit fire had that the high fire rate that aim down sight being that high damage you know option like it was cool to see that and the players love stark season like that's yeah. one of the ones that a lot of them look back on is it fair to say i'm thinking back i feel like people like changes to the map uh get way less complaints than changes to the to the weapons like right like you change like you change a weapon and maybe that's even what they're doing right now like big map change weapons didn't say the same i i think it's because at the end of the day people expect the maps to change the pois to change all that and they can adapt to it and it's a lot less of a hurdle than like man you take away my gun that i like build my style around i don't know i i think the fortnite space is in a place where the map has to continue to update just so it looks fresh from the the product that we're building with the the competitive tournaments and right. the feel when you spawn in, right? Like like those are all things players look like I think everyone looks forward to that that level of exploration that comes with the new maps. Um I think what needs to change in my opinion is the the loop pool for competitive. As much as the players hate playing um the game with what is somewhat of a stagnant uh like loop pool, I think competitive needs to have those changes. And we need to see more changes like in the in what becomes the feel of the game. Competitive has felt the same for too many seasons because mm. of the SMG. The SMG is True. a dominant weapon that is very, very good. And there's no reason to basically not have one in your inventory. And the problem with that is that it leads to the game feeling the same when you get into the combat situation. So right now we're in a place to where because we've kind of had it like that every single season, the seasons have felt the exact same. Yes, we've changed the shotguns. They've been pumps now, you know, striker shotgun, like whatever. You can do whatever you want. At the end of the day, the SMG has too much of an identity and it is literally printing its way into the season and making it so that people can't look past the game. It feels the exact same. And we can't have the game feeling the same season to season at a competitive level when there's nothing to play for other than the major tournaments because Arena is not competitive. Arena is literally pubs for these professional players with Siphon enabled. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point. Again, and this is where, like, this is why I'm not developing Fortnite. Um, but I'm like, it feels like a hard task, right? Like, how do you, like, whenever you change, like, I think audiences are always kind of like we always speak out of both sides of our mouth we want something new but then you move the thing like you know like a whole skill set like how many people have now smgs have been so dominant for so long like 
like people have built way more of a skill set around SMGs than even like shotgun gameplay anymore. Wouldn't you agree? Like, and so if you take that out or you nerf that, then do, players are going to complain that you just like absolutely like took away like all their hard work. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like we always complain both ways. But you know, what, what we're seeing right now is something that we've never seen before. We're seeing the same exact champions win over and over. Why is that? The game has literally been the same on a combat style level, right? Stylistically, competitive has been the same. You could change the map and all that, but the fact that the loop pool hasn't deviated that much also has shown that our top players also hasn't deviated in the last like year or two because players that can play well in this type of rotation meta where, you know, this is about big brain plays, they are continuing to win over and over, season after season, that consistency is there. Whereas when we have the volatile loop pools, you would have a season that is straight up like REIT re meta. And what do I mean by that? Any West REIT godlike player when he can get in your box and just delete you. Crash pad meta, REIT blows up all the players that were just like disgusting at PvP and just like duking it out, right? Like the yeah. box divers did so good, but it always changes. When heavy snipers were big, when, um, you know, the, the, the hand cannons can break through any build and get through any wall. You, you, the game changed so much stylistically, right? Like the way the combat flow worked was so different. We had different people finding success. Now that the game has been the same, kind of pump AR, maybe one movement, like very vanilla, if you want to call it that. We have also seen the same vanilla performances out of the people we expect to do good during these times of the games. You, It almost lends itself to say like, because the loot pool hasn't changed that much, so haven't the people that are winning. And it's proof. Kaysen has racked up multiple championship FNCSs. Uh, uh, Miro and Booga have gone back-to-back -back FNCS champions. Like, like, how is that possible, right? right. It's only right. possible because the loot pool has been the same. So, so you I'm think, just saying, that's no, my proof. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think, like, that's a really good case study to explain when a pl I when it when players just say they want something changed, I feel like oftentimes there's not a lot of like statistical reality behind it. It feels very preferential. It feels like in the moment. But I feel like that's honestly the strongest case. Like that's even a, something that can be backed up via data of saying like, hey man, like this is probably like the same thing. Do you think like when you think of other now obviously Fortnite's different than many other competitive titles, but like many other competitive titles don't often change the weapons. Like, that's not something that changes. No, but but we do get adjustments, right? Valorant's a great example. When that yeah. hero changes, you are straight flipping the meta upside on the head. Yeah. You give Omen an extra smoke. All of a sudden, Omen is just busted, S-tier, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like he that's it, right? Or or his his uh, his uh teleport works further, like, all, or moves faster, right? Like, yep. you can do things. Like, you are literally shaping the meta um, and, and we see some small tweaks from time to time. CSGO has never been the same. Uh, gun value changes. Spray pattern might change a little bit. Or maybe the map gets an adjustment. Look at how many iterations has Inferno or Dust gone through, right? Yeah. Like, so, but I think you're right. games always face changes. And League I think, of Legends, the same thing, right? The band selection, like, it's never going to be the same. And, and I think, like, anyone who would use CSGO, for instance, as an example, like, I'm not saying CSGO is going anywhere anytime soon, but I, I think, I don't know that it's going to, it, it, as it stands, it's going to continue to attract a young audience, you know? So I think like you can't just use that as a case study. I think, so what you're basically saying is that like, 
many games uh, have character abilities or things of that nature that they tweak and mess around. Whereas maybe they keep the sniper rifle the same and everything. They have other things to change. But for Fortnite, that's that's the main way you can change player power and damage and all of that. Yeah, the main way you right now influence who is performing well during a season or like the way you influence this the the way the game plays the way the the game flows is largely determined by what loot pool is in the game and because there are such crazy items that's because there are such crazy items in the game there are there are momentous items in the game when like we were in trio season at one point or even duo season at one point and you had like minigun in the game and people didn't realize how good the minigun was until like aqua started really showing people yeah. like what you can do with like a mythic minigun out of grotto like you know what i mean like it yeah, just yeah. changed the entire game the way it played out and like like why is this okay right when drum gun the mythic drum gun season that was one of the most frustrating seasons for professional players because the mythic first of all drum guns were already so good yeah so good but then you had this this variant this version that was just god beyond yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's just yeah, like yeah, why yeah. is this the number of values could not make sense yeah i'm sure it didn't yeah okay Let so change the game right yeah uh, weapons i mean i think i think you know hey put it in the comments of this episode talk to us on twitter like what do you think about the current weapon meta do you agree like, when you look at the correlation between the winning, the the players with the most winning championships, records, all that is that correlated to weapons. Let us know. What would you change? What would you add? Um, I think it's. A, I, would, I think it's. I would say more so. I would say more so the types of winners with the type mm. of season, right? That's really ah, where the relationship matching them is. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Aggressive loadouts lead to like these players that can play well in those settings, thriving. The strategic, more brain power you know, limited mobility focus metas lead to teams that do very, very well in yeah. those settings. Um, and it, I swear, I, and I only came up with this like just the other day when I was talking Fortnite. I was like, wait, like it was just like a ding, like, oh, yeah. it all makes sense. This, this has to be why. Well, let's talk about Cash Cup. Um, I'm even just pulling up here. We're just seeing some results roll in like as we're recording this. And then there's for sure one other thing that happened big in the Fortnite community that, that we have to cover um, in today's uh, episode, this is really cool. Like, I I hope you guys uh, listening. I hope this is stimulating, enjoying. Like that when you're thinking about the games you enjoy, you're thinking about it at a deeper level, not just like do I like this or not, but you're you're thinking about possible solutions and in the way things correlate together. I think really fascinating what we just got to hear Monster uh, break down. Um, so looking at um, you have the you want me to post the uh, duo uh, cash cup results and stuff like that? Or are you looking at that right now? I have. Dual cash cups in front of me, but I think this is last season. I need I need some up to date cash cups. You got a link? You go slap them with. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm sending you a link to um to duo stats from um NA East. Um, I'll drop it for you uh, right now. But we just like to stay uh in the know with uh certain players in the scene. We always like to point out. Always uh interested to see if anyone new kind of uh rose up. Uh, speaking of re um uh. Uh, your boy, um, and maybe one day my friend too, if we ever meet, um, Arab was uh, claims that it was coaching Reet um, in uh, the uh, uh, Cash Cup this weekend, which I think is just I think coaching in Fortnite is fascinating, but also knowing that those two guys, I just 
wish I could see some recording of that. Maybe they streamed I, it or something. I got to watch it. I got to watch that live in person. Dreamhack Dallas, you had Arab sitting over the shoulder of Reed. It's not even coaching. He's literally just a hype man. <laughs> I swear. He's a hype man. It, it's it, There's a difference. There's probably a world where Arab has coached in the past. But as of right now, Reed yeah. doesn't necessarily need that. When Arab's coaching him, he's literally just like gassing him up. And, you know, for, for most of the time, it just is a mental game. When you yeah, think yeah. you're the best, like you're... It kind of just translates, right? Look at Michael Jordan on the field. Yeah, and sometimes like, uh, on the you just need to be told, like, "Hey, calm down, focus up." Like on God, like, yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. And that's, that's what that's what he'll do. That's yeah, what he'll do. He'll like Reed knows what Reed knows Reed, what relax. to do. Like, chill, chill, chill. Yeah, Reed. he like, he knows what to do. He just needs to not get caught up in his feelings. That's that's most great uh, competitors. So, um, anything stand out to you from uh from those results uh as, as you're looking over them? Yeah, this is really cool. So we we have a new season coming up, right? Uh, Duo Cash Cup right now is going to be our first. You know, sticking our toes in the water. Who's going to play with who? Like, FNCS is right around the corner. Qualifier 1 is next weekend, I believe. Not this weekend. No, no. Not next weekend. The weekend after next weekend. Like, pretty much that's it. We're rolling right into the qualifier windows. Yep. Um, seeing who's performing well, who's coming up at the top is important right now. Pledge and Polarize. Um, it looks like Colton. And uh, who's this? Phase 3 MSDB. I don't know who the hell that is. It could be any any one of the phase players. But... We have some players up here. <laughs> Please fix your damn name, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, Muzz yeah. and Who Fishy pop off, right? Come inside the top four. Uh, looks like Tabney is back at it again alongside what could be uh, Depp here. Chucky and Nut playing well. Chucky and Nut actually just came off of seven, a seven-win streak in the Somerset Cup. Wow. They went seven for seven in the Somerset Cup. A ridiculous streak of wins. And not only that, I think it was the final setting. So I don't know what happened there, but Chucky and Nut. Definitely on everyone's radar right now. Raising eyebrows. Interesting stuff. Um, Peter Bot coming inside the top 10 of this recent duo cash cup. Important as well. Peter Bot, reigning champ, right? Just coming off the, the Dubsky FNCS last season. So yep. uh, him playing alongside Rokane. Important. Rising Trashy. Important. Um, everyone we see up here, we expect to see up here. But the real question is, are they planning on staying with these guys as their teammates? Because we know that the scene can be very, very volatile. So even Hufishi and, and Muzz here. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they've decided to be, you know, duels with one another. Muzz has not been known to play with Hufishi, right? Yeah. But a top four is pretty solid in a, in a round two of a, a cash cup. So. Yeah, I think I'm I'm trying I'm trying to look up these uh uh this uh uh phase young gentleman up there because I mean you know placing first first place um yeah that's a Wouldn't big deal. Try. Yeah. <laughs> not worth. Um, it's cold. It's probably cold and scented. It's yeah, literally yeah. cold and scented, actually. I'm going to Fortnite. So Fortnite Tracker takes those screenshots, uh, and they have already attached the nickname to the Epic ID. So they can change it to wild, whatever they bro. want. They attached it. So that's actually cold and scented. Cold didn't even spell his name right. Like, <laughs> just so moronic. I, I don't, I don't want to get into it because it will actually yeah. get me angry. But cold and scented win another cash cup. They've, the thing is, they've won cash cups. Right, even last season they were winning cash cups. But when finals came in, they flopped so hard. Yeah. So I don't know why, but they did. Yeah. Hey, so like speaking, um, speaking of Reet over on NA NA West took first place. So the coaching paid off? Question mark. <laughs> Dude, hype man, I'm telling you, Reet Reed does not need a coach like that. Actually, Reet's real coach is um, who is it? Is it Blood X? Who's Reet's real coach? He actually just shouted him out the other day. 
So I don't know if you know this. Obviously, like I said, Arabs kind of like a, a troll coach. But <laughs> I think it's so funny. And because you're friends with him, coach. you can just keep it real. It's just so funny. Yeah, it's, he's not coaching. He'd he be trolling. He's, a, he's great, though, to have in your corner. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't, he doesn't add value. I think he yeah. does add value. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a coach right now. Yes. He's a content machine, bro. That's, that's the, oh, Sven. Okay, so right. Sven. 22 hours ago, retweeted. Sven is the best coach in the world by far, not even trolling. I'm actually a genius now. So it's pretty clear. Like, Reed's been winning. Very cool. He's got Epic Whale alongside him. They could be, they could be trolling, for all we know, because Sven, how do I say this? There's been a recent change to the replay client, right? What they did with the replay client, right now it's broken. So you can't watch replays live while the event's happening. Before they regenerate in real time, you can watch them, like, on a three-minute delay or whatever. Right. But coaches right these these people that get praised and all this stuff they were exploiting the replay client they were going in finding where the llamas were finding where the replay uh the 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 launch pads were finding key items that players missed when they rotated out of their drop spot and then feeding the information back to the pro players ethical technically yeah it's the word is it that it's unethical, but it's still like legal, I guess, within the terms of like what you can do because the client was um, available to do so. Yeah. And then also you were able to take that generated uh, replay ID and feed it into another program that will literally expose where all the llamas were. So like you can set parameters and then just read the map and it, dude, people were doing some funny That's stuff. That's crazy. So now, now replays have like a 12 minute delay on it. It kind of killed viewing parties through the replay client, which sucks, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. The double-edged sword, but like player integrity is what's most important. Yeah, and ultimately, like, I'm not saying again, no one. I don't think anyone did anything wrong if they're doing that, but like long term, that's not good for the game. It's kind of like takes some of the, right? It takes some yeah, of the fun yeah, out like, of it. Like, like imagine it, you're the best player in the world while cheating on replay client, but like then you go to land and you're like, oh well. I, I got can't my coach to tell me where the launch pad is. Sorry. Sorry. Can't do it, right? There goes my consistency. Uh, like, <laughs> because that's what happens. Yeah. There's, there's like definitive proof that when you have launch pads and you have crazy mobility and your loadout's like amazing, you do well that game. Like yeah. There's def- a definitive correlation between a great loadout and a well-performing game, yeah. right? Like, right. So... But because of the exploitation of the replay client, now we have this thing that um, is kind of hurting our, our, our scene a little bit. Yeah. You know, let's be honest, very, very, very small percentage of the scene uses replay client like in real time. Um, so kind of is what it is. Well, let's, uh, let's end because we had to talk about this last one. It's just too important. But as we're talking about Cash Cup, mentioned zero build, mentioned a lot of aspects of uh, Fortnite. If you're listening to this, whether live or back later, man, uh, tag practice server and tag monster and any gameplay footage you guys have in Fortnite. We'd love to, we'd love to react to stuff, whether it's funny, whether it's uh, you asking for feedback. It's just, it's great conversation. You discover something new in the game. Let us know about it. We'd love to uh, hear from our community and dive into some subjects um, and using kind of like your gameplay um, as a real right in front of our face uh, uh, moment. So if you pop off in cash cup one day, let us know. We'll, 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 uh, we'll send some love your way. We'd love to see people uh, rise up. But uh, this next one, monster. I mean, like, it's a big deal. It's happy. It's sad. Like, we lo- we you know we saw a transition happen. A big transition in the Fortnite scene. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought I thought you were gonna lay the topic on the people. I, I don't want to say but... it. I don't. I don't feel like it's. I don't. It feels like hallowed ground, kind of. Like I don't want to say it. Like, 
Obviously, it's no, no, not, not a stranger, but I feel like you should say it. Yeah, well, we got a couple things here. A, a couple a couple changes to the space. Um, the, I, I would say the the biggest news is Benji Fisher retiring from Fortnite right now. Um, this was a story that broke pretty much today, I, I believe, or, or like less than 24 hours ago. His tweet had about 150,000 likes, which is just crazy. I, I don't think I've ever seen Benji Fisher get that kind of um, reaction on, on, on Twitter, but it's a, it's a big deal. We're talking about a player that has literally become an international, internationally recognizable person and brand uh, built within a space. So he steps away from the game as one of EU's best, maybe not recently. And one of the saddest things in the video, if you guys go and, and watch kind of his retirement announcement or whatever, he's like, man, you know, uh, sorry I didn't get to get to win at FNCS, but you know, da -da -da -da. and I was like, dang, man, like my heart hurt. It's like, yeah, you kind of didn't get to get, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, because it is a man who's deserving of a crown he's come so close to in the past. Um, but yeah, Benji Fishy steps away from, from Fortnite. That's that's it's a big deal, man. Yeah, and and uh, transitioning to Valorant, it sounds like he has the intention to play it competitively uh, as of right now. He's staying with energy uh, as a Valorant content creator, and so. What I read into that is that, like, despite being an elite esports, like, player and athlete, like, it's still a new game, and, and he has to, like, get his reps in. He's already been posting Valorant clips. He'd been streaming Valorant before, yeah. um, and he's certainly no scrub, but but obviously, just like Fortnite, Valorant's an immensely competitive game. And so, um, even his bio now says Valorant for NRG. So, I'm like, yeah. I, I, I think it's clear he wants to play comp, though, not just, like, stream. I, he he has a I think he has a space in competitive. I don't think this is the end of the road for Benji Fishy as a competitive player. When you see the clips that he's throwing up and you see the level at which he's playing, it it's clear Benji's brain is just not a regular kid's brain. Like yeah. this guy, he's got the genetics, guys. It, it it he's got the reaction time. He's he's dude. Look at what he did in Fortnite. If you can yeah. build like that in Fortnite, bro, you have some mechanical skill that exceeds probably the average human so it's pretty clear that he will continue to do great things in that game it was cool will he put in the work though is the real question like you said yeah yeah there, there's, a, there's a momentous amount of effort that has to go into becoming the best at anything right fortnite you know valorant doesn't matter the game you have to put in so much work. you have to work as hard if not harder than all the other guys that are at the top right now in the space yeah. So that is the real question. And with how early Valorant is in its lifespan, people still have the, the bug. You know what I mean? They got the right. juice. Like, they're going. Yeah. So it's not going to be an easy place to break into. Yeah, and um, it was cool just hearing him in that video recapping um, his journey with Fortnite, thanking Fortnite, thanking Epic for really giving him this opportunity. Um, he was 14 when he, like, stepped into the space. And uh, for Fortnite, like, even his profile picture, you know, you can see, like, some very vintage... <laughs> IRL Fortnite competitive moments there happening and that he's clearly young. And so I thought that was just really cool. Just uh hearing hearing him talk about his journey. He thanks his mom. Um and um really, you know, which I think this is a whole podcast topic in and of itself. Maybe we'll bring it up next time we're together. Maybe Monster will tweet about it. Maybe we'll tweet about it. But just a huge motivator for him is just saying like he just hasn't had as much fun playing Fortnite and has had a lot of fun playing Valorant. And I think that's so interesting how that enjoyment aspect still plays a part in something that really is a job, a career, and a discipline. Um, but it can't be ignored. 
Yeah, definitely. And and that's the deciding factor for most people that are content creators. Like you have to love what you're doing. And the moment you don't, I mean, your love for what you're doing is what usually got you to the space that you are in. And it's clear that at this point, you know, he doesn't love the game as he once did. He's, he doesn't have that. Again, if you don't have the bug for it, then it just is what it is, right? You got to kind of step away. That's kind of what happened with me with the, the live streaming atmosphere, right? Like I had the bug dude to go live every day all the time. But the moment I stopped having that itch, I was like, okay, time for me to put it down. I didn't make a, you know, sob story announcement or anything. Uh, right. But I'm just taking my own personal break, right? Until I'm mentally ready. You you have to love what you're doing. You have to be like fully invested um, again in anything if you want success. So Benji recognizes that. Um, and yeah, in, in my post, just talking about that, like I, I commented under his his post and I was just like, dude, I watched you grow up. Like I literally, yeah. I knew you since before World Cup. I got to meet you at World Cup. Little dude, young man, yep. like. Just just a good kid, great at the game. And, like, look at – he's just grown into so much more, right? Same thing for, like, Clicks or, or Ron or, like, any of these guys. Like, all these people that I've literally seen since they were, like, actual kids. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> they're growing into young men and young adults now. Um, It's trippy. Mongrel, same reason. Like, Mongrel stepped away from the game uh, just a couple months ago as well, like, a little less than a year ago. And he's he's working out. He's bulking up, dude. This guy's got muscles. He's got a full yes. beard. Like I met him like baby face mongrel at World Cup. Like now he's got a whole whole dang COVID beard. Like that grew up out of, after COVID. Yes. Crazy. Um, I want to say I don't I I don't know much about just to point out like a notable crossover that has been successful from Fortnite to another game. Um, I, I not as familiar with his Fortnite career and uh, but Jojo Pion. Um, is that how? You know if that's how you say his name. Um, Jojo is the mid laner. Uh, he's 17 for Evil Geniuses, but prior to that was was in the competitive Fortnite scene and is now one of the top another mid laners. Player, another player that had success translating over as well would be um, Psalm. Psalm was a champion, like world champion, I believe, winner. One of the few of Heroes of the Storm. Mm. Moved into Fortnite, got second place at the World Cup, retired from Fortnite, went into Valorant, yep. went pro in Valorant. I think before that, it's like a top-ranking uh, player in, in like, I think he's a challenger-level player in League of Legends as well, like, pr prior to even all this. Yep. Like, he's got, like, accolades. There's very, very, very few people that have done that yeah. gaming cycle like that, uh, but they exist. Yeah, crazy. I think Dwyfo, too. I think Dwyfo was, like, obviously killing in Fortnite, and then he went on over to um valorant early on as well when it first came out yeah. a, lot of, a lot of Fortnite pros actually have translated uh successfully into valorant zextro zextro is one true, of them true yep well and i think some of it just is due to just some of the age of these guys you know you come in when you're literally in your teenage years you know just just have a little bit more flexibility and like when you're grinding it like for Benji to have like discovered something he's truly gifted at at the age of 14 is such a blessing. It's crazy. It, yep. it, it just gives you so much extra time. Like a lot of people, you know, like let's just say, let's use graduating from college as like a barometer. You're not that it really should be, but you know, so what? You're like, I didn't go to college, but you know, people who do, they, they graduate at 22 and then you start thinking about like what you're really good at, you know, like. So eight years ahead of the game, you know, and I know it's not been easy for him, but it definitely is, is a blessing, but Hey man, we've been talking for a little bit here. Um, any, any final thoughts, any, uh, closing questions, anything you want to cover before we, we head out? Honestly, 
nah. It's been a fun episode. We, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the top of the show, uh, run it back, guys, if you didn't catch everything that we kind of went through. Definitely did a, a nice, nice recap there. So if you jumped forwards because you didn't really care too much, we had some good announcements there about the practice server, a couple tournaments, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for being patient with us and hanging out with us. Another episode of Practice Makes Perfect. Uh, John, hit the floor real quick. Let the people know at home where they can find you, my man. Yeah, Twitter, John W. Key Rush. And, uh, of course, um, talk to us at Practice Server on social media, on Twitter. Love to talk to you guys uh, over there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And as always, guys, send all your complaints to me. I'll be checking them out. Uh, but besides that, I hope you all enjoyed today's episodes. Like we mentioned, again, it's a little catch-up. The next one will be coming quite some ways out in between the Practice Makes Perfect podcast and the Fortnite podcast. We should have some more Fortnite regular scheduled stuff throughout the weeks. Uh, the PMP will come back in about a month's time. We'll do another big recap at that point. But other than that, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, fam. Peace.